I just love the fact that wedding photography has opened up my life to be able to interact with people and meet people that would never done. It opened up the door for me to adopt my child. That whole process started with me going to a wedding in Kentucky and meeting a random couple that's in the industry. And they were so sweet and they poured out their heart and their story. And my wife is falling next to me. and. Now we have a little two-year-old boy from Taiwan and it's just like he's the joy in our lives. And so this business, this industry has done so many great things for me. But I would say the passion is people and weddings allows me to engage with people more than the photography. My name is Michael Howard and welcome to the Musea Podcast which exists to help photographers have sustainable careers through meaningful photography. Hey, I'm Ryan Ray. I live in the South in Texas. I'm a film photographer. I shoot primarily weddings. And yeah, honored to be here and share more about my work today. Well, I, uh, I was actually a fireman. I was a fireman for uh, 10 years. So about 12 years ago, I was a fireman. Most firemen have a uh, part-time job that they dabble in. I had a friend that was a wedding photographer and was just like, man, I could do that. I could do that. So I brought it home to my wife who I was engaged with at the time and said, uh, Hey, I want to be a photographer. (laughs) She was like, um, no, (laughs) she was like, we're about to get married and we don't have the money for you to go buy all this fancy equipment. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. So I let it sit for like two weeks, but it was just bothering me. I was just like, man, I could totally do this. (laughs) So I brought it back to her and she was like, okay, go for it. So I pulled out like $5,000 out of my retirement account and I bought a a camera and it proved to be like the best investment of my life. Not only financially, but uh, it just fulfilled a lot of... uh, passions that I developed and it's been really good. What made you think like I can do that? Like were you photographing before or are you just No, so I mean I took a photography class in high school, but I don't have like this amazing story of like, oh I've always shot this analog film and I <laughs> always had 35 millimeter in my back pocket. I'm like, no, I was like my family needed some money and it was, you know, I worked it full-time as a fireman. So it was one day on and two days off so 24 hours. Um, then I get off and then I would pick up jobs like cleaning pools and do whatever, laying tile, whatever it took. And then I was like, man, I could not sweat and get dirty and I could do this. Like I love people. I'm really passionate about marriage. I was like, this is like right down my alley. Like I, I could do this. And so I remember like my first wedding that I shot, I wasn't supposed to shoot, you know, it was a low budget wedding. It was just like friends. I knew these people. I went, I brought my camera and I was like, I'm not going to shoot any photos. I just love the feeling of having it. I was just super excited about it. Well, the photographer that was there saw that I had a better camera, which it wasn't a great camera. It was like, canon 40d or something like that (laughs) and left she straight up left oh gosh just left the (laughs) wedding (laughs) saw that i had a better camera just left and they looked at me like i guess you're taking pictures (laughs) i was like (laughs) 
okay. <laughs> so I just started taking pictures. And um, afterwards, they're like, okay, well, we'd like the pictures. So I was like, okay, 500 bucks. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really weird. I edited these all up. I met them at a Starbucks. They handed me a wad of cash with 500 bucks. I was like, I'm doing this. Let's get after this. So, so I started on my journey and, you know, to kind of clear things up. So I was a fireman for 10 years. And so I did both for a long time. I've been doing photography now for 10 years, but uh, I retired as a fireman, not necessarily by choice. I ended up having heart problems because of working too much is mm. what they think. It was just stress. So I ended up having two heart surgeries about two years, one year ago, and ended up retiring from that. And I just do full-time photo now. It wasn't my plan. My plan was, I just love, I love people. Like, if you know me, I'm like super passionate about helping people and, and loving on people. And my plan was to just continue being a fireman paramedic for, you know, 30 years or so mm-hmm. doing photography and, you know, I was able to pick my jobs and stuff, but it just got crazy, man. I, I did my busiest year. I did 27 weddings of travel and full-time as a fireman. So I literally worked 24 hours. I'd be up, you know, all night running calls, get off, come home, grab my bags, jump on a plane, go somewhere, shoot a wedding, come back, and then get up the next morning and go back to fire. It was just like that for years and it just took a toll on my body. I was always the type that just said, I can do anything. Let's get after it. I come from a really broken past. And so I was just abused and disowned as a kid. And so through faith, I just grew in my life and I just felt like I could just take on anything. And I ended up having to slow down quite a bit, but I'm all good now. I've had two surgeries. I didn't have to miss any weddings. In fact, I had like this huge wedding in Thailand that I had just had heart surgery. My doctor was like, there's no way you're going there. And I was like, no, I'm going. Like, oh, my word. And he was like, I forbid you to go there. And so I ended up going and it was an amazing <laughs> wedding and it was probably stupid, but like for me, I couldn't have a conversation with anybody that I couldn't show up to their wedding day. And it was like this gorgeous, amazing wedding with this perfect team that I helped the bride build. And so I was like, I'm not going to be the missing piece in this puzzle. Right. So we just made it happen. All's good now. But yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Do you have like, they like opened the, I don't want to talk about all heart surgery stuff, but did you go like, does the hardcore surgery? Like, where is it more like? Well, no. So I had two ablations. So I, uh-huh. I found out one day my heart was beating 250 times a minute. I wasn't feeling well. I'm a paramedic. So I just kind of know in my head different things and with the heart and stuff. And so I didn't feel right. And then I connected myself to the heart monitor because I was at the fire station Anyways, long story short, I ended up three days in the hospital because my heart was beating 250 times a minute. So they went through, did that. I mean, it's the craziest year of my life. Like 2016 was the most difficult year of my life. And I've had some really tough parts of my life. But adopting a child overseas at the same time this is happening, I had pneumonia for a month when we were supposed to go and pick him up. Oh my and it was just like my wife was spending five weeks in an orphanage. 
And I was sitting there, I remember just pleading before the judge. I'm like bawling, like, please let us have this child and then let me go so I can go back home and have another heart surgery with it. So it was just like, it was this crazy, crazy journey, but we're just so grateful for everything we learn in every season of our life. And yeah, it's just really good. I didn't have to, you know, miss any weddings, any jobs, everybody was taken care of myself included. It was just, it was a trying season of our life, but good. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I love hearing that though, because you know, it's like one thing to scroll through somebody's Instagram feed and like everything was so beautiful. Yeah. And then, you know, to hear, you know, just the reality of humanity yeah. behind that, I think is, um, it's good and sobering in a lot of ways. I think for me, it's like online stuff can be too um, fairy tale sometimes. Totally. My wife and I talk about that on a regular basis. And I would say if there's one area in my life or my business where it's just not amazing, it's social media. It's just, I play things to my strengths and that's not my strength. And my wife gets on me about it, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's just not an area that I just cling to or really resort to. Yeah. I'll scroll through and look at cool stuff that people are doing and stuff like that. But for myself, I just, I'm just a relationship person. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like people that I engage with, how I get my business, how I do my business. Like it's all relational, like mm -hmm. completely relational. And Instagram is such a good source and such a good thing for so many businesses. And I still do it. And yeah, I like to do it and stuff. It's just it's not my priority of things. And I do get frustrated with the same thing you do. It's just like, man, it's just, it feels not real sometimes. I'm such a real person. <laughs> um, yeah. My first date with my wife, I told her of like my broken path and being abused as a child and all this stuff that like I experienced in life. And she was like looking at me with her jaw open, like, well, I have this amazing family and two brothers and everything's great. <laughs> it's just like, it's just me though. Like I just, I try to not hide anything. I try to just be as honest and forthright as possible. Yeah. That's great, man. So what about, I mean, you hinted at it a little bit, but I'm really interested diving in a little bit deeper for you. Just what about weddings yeah. is it that you resonate with that gets your, gets you going? So weddings is people for me. Photography is people for me. Like I rarely bring my camera on vacation. I am rarely seen at an art show. Photography is my medium that I use to engage with people. Like everything is people for me. Though I'm passionate about photography, I love photography. I love beautiful images. I just, I'm not going to talk about gear all day. I'm not going to, when I'm on vacation, like I want to interact with the people I'm on vacation with. And that's just me. And it's not to say it's a bad thing for other people to do that because that's what they're passionate about. But for me, it's people. And so weddings open the door for me to really engage with people and develop relationships with people and really make an impact for them and deliver something that really makes them happy. I really like to make people happy and, and try and create images that will reflect who they are and showcase you know, just something that they want to evoke that represents them. And I'm not the photographer for everybody. I'm not going to sell myself if I don't feel it's a good fit. I'm just, 
I'm the type of person that just wants to be there. And I want to be, I want to be in there. Like, I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be the fly on the wall. I, I want to be in there. I want to engage with people. I mean, I text with moms of the bride still to this day. I can name you off names of these people. I just love the fact that wedding photography has opened up my life to be able to interact with people and meet people that was never done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it opened up the door for me to adopt my child. That whole process started with me going to a wedding in Kentucky and meeting a random couple that's in the industry. And they were so sweet and they poured out their heart and their story. And I'm like, my wife is bawling next to me. And <laughs> now we have a little two-year-old boy from Taiwan. And it's just like, he's the joy in our lives. And so this business, this industry has done so many great things for me. But I would say the passionate people and weddings allows me to engage with people more than the photography, if that makes sense. Yeah, weddings uh, definitely meet a lot of people, pretty uh, intense situation to yeah. come alongside people. Do you have a, um, I mean, I would just assume you have a comfortable level of dealing with stressful situations. I mean, especially with your fireman background. Totally. So that you hit that on the nail. I mean, that's like, I thrive in pressure. Like when there's pressure, when things are happening, when it's chaos, like that is my bread and butter. Like (laughs) it doesn't faze me. It doesn't bother me. I love to get in there with a bride and just calm her down, make her feel like it's just still the most perfect day ever. Like if you talk to planners I've worked with and people I've worked with, I would say that that would be one of my strengths is that I really just put all myself into it. For me, the photography is second nature. My camera settings, my metering, all that's in my head. I've been doing this for 10 years. Like I know my craft really well. And so I just play my personality and who I am and how much I genuinely care for these people to allow myself to really help control the day. And then the photography comes when I need it to create these images and deliver this beautiful work. So are you 100% film at a wedding or are you... No, I'm not. I would say low light, I'm not. And great light, I am. So I shoot probably 60, 70 rolls a wedding. It's pretty standard for me, which I shoot a lot of 12-hour weddings. Uh, 10 is probably my most common coverage. But yeah, I shoot a lot of film. But I would say all dancing... If you can watch my little about me video that my buddy Caleb made for me on my site, but I'm in, in there dancing with my clients. Like I'm just all about it. That's part of me. Like I love to dance. You give me high tops and some good music and I'm in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I shoot digital for all that. I shot digital for four years, primarily just digital before I moved to film. And so super comfortable with that. The ISO capabilities are just ridiculous. My medium, when I talk to my clients, is like sometimes, you know, because film has just become such a fad or not even a fad, what's a better word for it? It's just, it's all the craze, right. all the everything. And so I'm happy about it. People are buying film. They're still making film. This is a good thing. People are creating beautiful work. But sometimes the brides aren't necessarily educated in that. Sometimes it's gone away from, oh, we want these beautiful images to, oh, we want film photographs we want this and stuff and i'm just like man i know some great digital photographers out there i know great film photographers out there it's about creating beautiful work and Mm -hmm. it's what you're drawn towards 
I have a different style than some of my friends and some clients, I'm like, man, they would be so much better with them than me. And I'm good with that and I'm happy with that. I've developed a small community within this large community where we support each other and we're just like, man, that's great that you're doing well. There's not like this jealousy in there, which is really good. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about our goals with the podcast. We want to build a community around the podcast that encourages continued discussions after each episode and connections between photographers across genres. We're choosing to facilitate this through Patreon because it allows you to help us keep our production value high and it helps us to move closer to producing the podcast weekly. For us, it just takes time and money to make each episode We could go the advertising route, but we don't like building the podcast on ads that may not be relevant to you. Our goal is to create a space for deeper discussions about photography and how to have a sustainable career in our current times. So through Patreon, there are two tiers that help us out tremendously and give you great rewards. The $5 tier gives you access to additional audio from each episode. And this isn't just fluff audio. It's some of the most meaningful content from each episode. Patreon has an app you can freely download and allows you to listen to the audio directly from your phone. The next tier is the $10 per month tier that gives you access to our secret Facebook group and you'll get a t-shirt. So the goal for this Facebook group is to create a place where we can discuss in depth the topics from each episode and it allows you to connect with fellow listeners with a shared interest in more meaningful photography. We really want to bring this podcast to you weekly, but we just simply can't swim the costs for all the post-production that we want to put into each episode. We believe production matters and makes your listening experience more efficient and more powerful. So if you're willing, consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash and join the community that's building around each episode. We would love to get to know you better and to help you create more meaningful work. All right, back to the show. Since you're shooting so much film at a wedding, I mean, do you, I'm trying to get into your brain a little bit of like when you're at a wedding, walking up on a scene, what is the mental things you're going through that are saying, hey, this photo is worth taking or that's not worth it? Sure, yeah. And when I say 60, 70 rolls, I'm not shooting like click, 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 click. That's not why it's getting to 60 or 70. I'm pretty methodical about how I shoot and stuff. I'm very hands-on. So for me, this is like I said earlier, I play to my strengths. And so my strength is to engage a couple or engage people in a way that brings out themselves. And so I do that and kind of create the scene and then allow them to flourish in the scene and I shoot. So I'm very encouraging. And it's also, it's genuine, really. Like I am pumped up. On a wedding day, I don't eat. I like wake up. I like don't eat anything till like the evening. I'm weird. Uh, my assistant's always like, I'm starving. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> like, please pack bars or something <laughs> or take my credit card and go get something to eat. I'm right. just like, I'm horrible about it. But so like, as far as that shooting goes, it's just, I'm always like setting up a scene, if you will, not like, in a fake way, but I'm like, okay, if we're going to do the dress and we're going to get into the dress and everything like that, we're all hands on deck. So we're clearing out everything, making a space so that uh, it can all happen in this beautiful light. While she's getting her hair, makeup done and stuff like that, little things like we're setting up this space. And then when it's time to get on the dress, 
I'm just like, I've set it all up and I'm like, okay, go ahead and go get your dress and put it on. And so she walks into this beautiful light, this drape, you know, and she picks up her dress from the sill or wherever. Oh, shot. You know, she gets it. She gets in it. If I need to step out, I step out. If I don't, I just shoot. You know, mom's right there. She's getting her dress, whatever, getting her dress on. And I'm just shooting because I've set this all up, not underneath this horrible lighting or in this dark quarter or with people's stuff everywhere. But whether it's the smallest little area or the grayest area, I'm communicating to my clients ahead of time. Hey, when you're getting ready or when you're picking your place to get ready, hey, let's plan on this. Like, this is what I'm going to be looking for. Just keep that in mind when I show up. Sometimes hair and makeup's in that spot. And I just kindly ask them, hey, can we do that over here? I'll help you move all your stuff. I try not to be a pain to anybody. But at the same time, like I have communicated this with the client. I want them to have the best. And so I've just kind of create spaces for these things to happen. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, I don't know, you can tell me if this is true or not. And if I'm yeah. way off base, that's fine. I mean, does this quality of light, does that dictate where you shoot? Because when I go through your work and your portfolio online, your website, all the light is um, is very cons has a very consistent feel, which gives you a consistent you know look and brand and everything. Yeah, thank you for sure. Light is you hit it on the nail. Light everything. You know, people talk about like location, location. I'm mean, just like it's a wedding. Like it's at St. Mary's Cathedral in the center of Austin. And there's nothing but concrete all the way around. Mm -hmm. How do we make that? You know, when they came to my site and they were drawn to my work, they were drawn to it for what they saw and what they envisioned. But hey, they're Catholic and it's very important for them to have their wedding at St. Mary's. And that's great. I don't want them to change that. I just want to do what I can to make the most of it. And so if it's one lone tree and the light's just perfect, I'm like, man, let's kill it. Let's do it three different angles, make it look like three different spots, but that light is doing everything for me. Let's zoom in a little bit. Let's get a little tighter, you mm -hmm. know? I'm just making the most. And people do it all the time, you know? City weddings are tough. They're tough to, you know, people see these weddings and with these beautiful oak trees all over the place, these rolling hills, all this stuff. And they're like, Oh yes, I can't wait for Ryan to come do that. I'm like, <laughs> no, let's get away from that. Look, we could do your engagement session. Let's fly somewhere. Let's go do that. But it's just not going to happen in the center of Toronto or wherever we're at, you know? Yeah. yeah. Kind of going along with that a little bit, like, I guess what about for you style wise attracts you to kind of the, you have seemed like you have a very kind of soft romantic aesthetic mm -hmm. to your work. Yeah. Uh, where does that come from for you? So, yeah, I love the look of this. I think film has opened up my eyes to just beautiful things. I learned how to shoot film from Jose probably six years ago. Love him. Just encouraged me. I mean, we met through a mutual friend, Amy, who runs wedding chicks and, I just went to like a just little one day workshop that he had and I just kind of ran with it from there. And I've just always been drawn to, I, I wouldn't say always, but I, I would say about seven years ago is when I started talking to Amy about it, but just this look of just his beautiful skin tones and this soft, you know, like you said, romantic look. 
It's something, I mean, I've got old Martha Stewart. It's just, it's just so classic for me. Like, I'm like, man, it's not the, you know, the tilt shift of 2010. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, it's not gonna, you're not gonna put a year on it. It's so timeless and beautiful that I followed hard after it. And then it was a matter of, you know, which could be a totally different topic, but just finding out which lab and which avenue, which film stock was going to help me achieve this look that I had in my head. And uh, it was a journey for sure. Mm -hmm. Is it, uh, I guess, business-wise, you feel any struggle or anything with other photographers that are coming in that are, you know, trying to replicate kind of Jose style or anything like that? I guess, how do you stand out from people? Because it seems like there's a, you know, there's a certain segment that is you're, drawn you're to that. You're totally right, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The crowded market. And it's there. And you know what? I'm not worried about it at all. Like, it's, there's so many good people coming up. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you. And out of those 10 good people, five of them will go to the next step. And from those five, maybe two will go to the next step. Mm-hmm. And it's good. And that's just how it works is just, you know, people hustle. You know, it's, it's what are you going to do when you get up? There's plenty of time for people to hustle and get after it. And I am not in that stage that I was at. I mean, 2012 was a huge year for me. 2012, I had a couple different magazine covers. I was named by Rangefinder as top wedding photographer of the year with alongside like Jose Villa and Elizabeth Messina. And he's just like amazing people. And it was just a year of hustle for me. It was a year of tons of hard work, but it came at a cost and everything has to come at a cost. Man. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to push yourself, you have to give something up. Mm-hmm. It's just where it is. And right now I'm at a good space, but I'm not where I was. You know, my home life wasn't where it was now. And that's why, you know, different things in different phases, there's going to be some people that are young and doing it man, that are hustling. I I think my buddy Caleb, right? He's with East West Films, killing it. But he's doing like 50 weddings a year and all these commercial gigs. And like the dude is killing it. And I'm proud of him. But he's in his young 20s, you know? Mm. And he's single. And I'm like, you know what? That's probably what I was doing when I was there. And I'm just not in that stage. I co-parent. My wife's an interior designer. And so it's just like, you know, sometimes she has her meetings and she spent 10 years of her life going support, support, support. I'm going to love on you and let you do follow your passions, and your dreams. You're doing two jobs that you absolutely love. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to support you and not really follow her passions. And now she's flourishing in her business. I'm like, you know what? It's time for you to, you know, follow your passions and, and stuff. And I'm still doing my thing and I love it. And, I'm just not doing hustling necessarily as hard as I was, you know, in years past. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, everybody finding your work home life balance, especially after you introduce, you know, kids, it just changes oh a my lot God. of things. It's just like, whoop. It totally. Yeah. And it's for the good, you know. Oh, totally. it's, it's an amazing, great thing. It's just, it's different. Yeah. And I'm content doing 15 weddings a year and doing them to the best of my ability creating amazing relationships. I have just amazing relationships with planners and people and the work comes and I am super loyal and I send work to planners and just, it's just 
taking care of each other and then doing really beautiful work. I still have the same mentality and the same drive and push in the work that I have. I just don't have necessarily or want as much work as I had, you know, maybe five years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. What keeps your business sustainable besides your pictures? I would say relationships. Uh, just, I don't want to be a dead horse. I don't want to say, you know, just bore people, but like relationships are huge. So I'll say this, like finding people that you're really drawn to, maybe planners, maybe somebody else for us in the industry and creating those relationships that, that really do something and really push you to the next level. In 2011, I met my friend, Stephanie Miles, and we, I put out on Twitter which I, I don't think I've logged back into my Twitter since that day. Um, <laughs> I don't think but, a lot of people have either. <laughs> but I did. I put on Twitter, hey, if there, it, this was part of my drive and push. It was just like, okay, I'm going to get out there and do it. And I don't work local. I haven't worked local a lot. It's just kind of how my business always was. And so I said, hey, if there's anybody in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that wants to just talk shop, get after it, and meet up, and she was one person that did that. And we met at Starbucks and she brought a Southern Weddings magazine. And she was like, hey, this is a shoot that I helped out in and stuff. And I looked across the table and I said, okay, what's it gonna take for us to work together and be in that magazine with our work together? And we started talking about that. And we grew this relationship with both of us having an understanding that we had to push ourselves to create content and work that, they would like and the, the readers the brides that were viewing that magazine would love and so we did and we got the next cover and so it was just like it was like okay it's pushing it's grinding it's getting after it's creating these relationships and now i have a great relationship with her and i've shot with her in brazil and dominican republic i mean we're you know 40 minutes from each other we never work here unfortunately um <laughs> But we've done beautiful work. It's been a Martha Stewart, been, you know, a feature, just, just beautiful work together. And she's become a good friend. So there's other relationships I have that I haven't had as long, but that I've developed or been developing just with planners that I work with, that I show up and it just feels right. Like, it's just really good. Like the ladies that Simply Chic, I just started working with them, Jamie and Kate, and like everything felt right. They had an understanding of where I excelled. I had an understanding of where they excelled. I supported them in what they were doing. They supported me in what I was doing. And together, we create beautiful work. We support each other. We, you know, just have a mutual respect. And that goes for me to, like, the 10th degree. Like, I've had a, a magazine that I won't name, but that wouldn't, in my feature, didn't, credit the planner and they said because she didn't pay they didn't credit her and i told them that they won't ever have my work again yeah and it's because people work hard man they work hard and it takes a team like whether you're starting and you're you know maybe lower in the industry as far as experience goes or you're at the top doesn't mean the hustle you know can i mean it could look very similar maybe different experience levels but people work hard and I'm like that wedding wouldn't have looked that way 
if she wasn't there yeah. or didn't spend nine months working with this, this bride to make it look like that. And I show up on one day and because you like my photos, you'll put me in there and I didn't pay for it, but you won't put her in there. <laughs> I'm like, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. My business will do fine without being in your magazine again. And like that told my planet friend as well, that like, I'm serious about making sure that she's credited and loved and just as much as I am. So relationship yeah. roundabout way back to <laughs> uh, relationship. Let's talk about importance of creating consistent work. Cause it, yeah. you feel like your work is super consistent. I mean, everything I've seen is like, yep, <laughs> that's Ryan, right? Yeah. Ryan, that's, um, so how do you create consistent work? And then how have you found that to be important business wise as well? Totally, totally business wise. So gosh, can I just dote on my lab for a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I sure. feel like, so I started with Indie when, when they had just kind of started and I was with another big lab before then. And I am like pretty particular as far as color goes. I mean, I just talked to my gal Jackie this morning about color and digital color and stuff like that. And just how particular I am about things because we we're just talking about digital edits and stuff anyways. And I was looking for a lab that was interested in hearing what I had to say about color because I knew where I wanted my photos to go. I didn't feel like I had somebody that had my exact color. I mean, I admired Jose's work, but he was shooting 400 days. I didn't see things the way he saw them. I saw some other photographers in Martha that I felt like were maybe a little closer, but it was, I could tell it was Naritsu. It was just, I just didn't see it, but I saw it in my head. And so I was looking for a lab that was going to do that and talk to one lab, work with them for a while. The work was okay, but it was just inconsistent. And I don't mind editing my photos. Like I feel like I'm a huge proponent of not taking the easy way out. And I'm all about editing. It was just like, I want it to be the same consistency, whether it comes through and it was, you know, I'm not expecting you to make it look like a sunny day on a cloudy day, but I'm expecting the cloudy day to look good as well as the sunny day because brides wake up and sometimes it rains on their wedding day. Sometimes it's sunny. And my goal is to make them happy no matter what. And I just wasn't getting that. And so I jumped over to Indy. I was like, Hey, Hey guys, I just, I'm looking for somebody that's willing to put in some time and get this color where I see it in my head and I will spend all the time you need. I'll show you how I pull these flyers this way, that way. You know, I have my little levels talk. I'm like super, I know everybody's a curves person. Like I'm a levels guy. It's just <laughs> weird, but, and they did, man, they did. It took a little while. They were a new lab and we were just figuring things out. But man, Josh is just an amazing dude that has more passion about film than I could in 10 years time. I mean, and he just put the time in and got it to where I want it. And then my color correctors are just like, I love them. Like they just, John and uh, Jackie are just like make my life. And they just put care into my work. They know how I like it. If it comes out and it's not perfect or something, people aren't perfect. I fix it. Or if it's just like, it went a really different route. Like it's first wedding of the year. I took off a couple months, 
through the winter or something like that. It's first wedding of the year and it comes out, you know, everything's like pushed a little pink or something like that. We just tone it back in. It's no big deal. But I have a mutual relationship with him of just creating this beautiful, consistent work and not changing that, not looking at all these other people's work and go, oh man, their color is just amazing. I want their color. And then, oh, I love their color. I want their color. It's just like finding who you are and following through with that. Um, I shoot Porta 400. A lot of people, because of my skin tone, think sometimes that I shoot 400H. But I'm like, no, it's Porta 400. It's just a really good lab. It's a really good understanding of how to shoot. So if I'm shooting in a green field that's like super neon green and I shoot it and I come back to the lab and I'm like, man, all this is either green or pink. And they're like, yeah, because there's a bright green grass. They would never tell me that, but I would never come to them and tell them that, you know, but they tell me all the time that they get unhappy photographers because of this. I'm like, you know, it's just, understanding and learning your craft the the fear is is that so many people see this film craze or whatever and they're like gosh i could pick up a contact i could pick up this film and i could be that photographer and i could be this photographer look how easy it is to focus on this contact i got this i'm gonna make you know tons of money i'm gonna kill it i'm gonna be the best in the industry and they don't understand and learn photography i told you that like i spent years learning photography so that it would be in my back pocket so that when I show up, I'm not worried about the photography. I'm worried about my interaction with the client so that they can be themselves and I can really capture it. The photographing is the easy part for me. I need to make sure that that jock, that military guy, that's a tough guy that doesn't want to take a picture. I know last Sunday he was throwing popcorn back and forth with his girlfriend or fiance and they were giggling on the couch. And so what is it going to take for me to pull that guy out and bring him to the wedding day so that he can engage with her in a real authentic and true way rather than me being the dude that doesn't want to take the pictures. I'm like, I'm a dude too. And I realize that you're willing to do whatever it takes for your girl that you love over there. So what do I need to do to make it so that that guy will come out on the most important day of both of your lives. And so All that to say is it's just understanding your craft, understanding color, understanding where things are going, like being able to communicate to your lab what a photo is doing in your eyes, listening to them when they say, well, this is, you know, you underexposed it here or there's green bushes all around you or around your client. So it's really tough to get their skin tone, not look like super neon. And so... All I'd say, like, I love my lab, too, is any film. But there's great labs out there, man. You know, mm-hmm. when I started in film, there was only a couple big labs, if you will. Everybody else was mom and pop that you would go in and hope that they knew what they were doing. And I haven't been in this that long, you know. I mean, 10 years, but, like, at the same time, it's just, it's developed so much that there's so many good labs out there that it's like, Hey, find the lab that works well for you. And Indy is a great one for me. And some people like another one and that's great too. Just go create beautiful, good work and learn your craft, learn how to edit a photo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even be, I would say even beyond your coloring and everything, I think, I mean, it's kind of goes back a little bit to what I was saying earlier. It's just about your lighting is extremely consistent. Like the type of light you shoot in, is very consistent. 
That's very soft. Thank you. And even the style of like clothing or you know how people are dressed. Yeah. All of that is extremely consistent as well. So it's all. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Know, you. Very consistent well, brand. They, I would say that like I do show what I want to shoot. I very much do, but I have a lot of work out there in my what do you call it? Our drives that people haven't seen this beautiful work that they will see. And I kind of push out and stuff like that, but people are drawn to this type. And so mm -hmm. I don't attract everybody and that's okay. But I attract these people that do this. And does it mean that everybody's going to have skinny jeans to be on my portfolio? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I have got a wedding that's about to come up. It, the couple was amazing. And He's got his wide leg. I can I could fit both of my legs in one of his pant legs. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, he's a football guy. He's great. Great dude. Beautiful wedding. Martha featured it. It's just a matter of like connecting with these people, them being confident in your abilities and you going out there and executing. Mm -hmm. And then coming back as far as that consistency goes, like I was talking to my lab about this this morning, like presets and all that that's great for some people it just doesn't work for me so like my digital work or anything like that like you know i have like a visco thing but like i rarely ever use that i like to just edit from scratch and it's just important for me to understand that i can deliver a beautiful digital photo and it doesn't have to look like film right <laughs> like i don't have to fool any bride into thinking I shot film all day, but it was digital. Right. Like I can create a beautiful digital image with great color that my clients will be more than pleased with rather than just trying to push myself to make it look like 400 H or portrait 400 or whatever. And so I spend less time, you know, gearing in presets and more time understanding color, understanding how to edit, and whatever software works for you and, and all that. Excellent. So many tools. Man. Yeah. I know there are a couple of people who posted a couple of questions on your Instagram. So let's see, Elizabeth, she asked about posing, posing people. Are you more hands-on? Yeah. Do you use a technique, creating a comfortable environment uh, than just photographing the moment as it happens or both? That's really good. So I would say that I love to help create the moment, if you will. So I do start it. I, come to it telling my clients I don't expect you to know anything about photographing I don't need you to be comfortable in front of the camera I just need you to be open to being you because if I told you to go over there and be you in front of my camera on the most important day of your life you're not going to know how to do it nor are you going to feel comfortable and how to do it you're going to look at each other and say what do we do are we doing this right this feels awkward and so I give them little challenges that enable them to be them. I do a lot of walking. I love joy. Like for me, like you tell me about a wedding and that's the first word that comes to my mind is just joy, like the most joyful day of your life. And so I hope that people see that in my work. There's people that are just killer at like evoking ethereal and all this stuff. And I love that work. My wife really loves that. I just, it's just not me. It's not how I see things. It's not how I do my best work. And I don't push something that I don't feel like I'm great at. And so I use my personality to really get them excited, to get them engaging with each other, to get them, you know, sometimes I have them. It's a lot of walking, it's a lot of walking and then getting them comfortable, making them realize that this is not that difficult. 
and then I'll go in a little tighter. I never start by tight. It's just too much for people to have this camera like all in them just to start. I always start like further away and I move in. Yeah, just get them talking with each other, engaging with each other. I just tell them, you know, I'm looking for light and looking opposite ways, looking at each other. And I tell people to laugh. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's not all of this isn't just like these authentic laughs. Like, I'm not full of jokes. <laughs> it's laughing and laughing at me. I mean, there's a photo I have of this girl walking through this field and she's holding this bouquet and she's just cracking up, right? It was a real laugh because I'm trying to navigate shooting and shooting in this waist-high field, and I'm tripping over myself, walking sideways, shooting her, and she's just busting up laughing at me. And I'm like, just keep going. Keep tripping. Keep me doing whatever I have to do to make her react in this way because it's working. I'm like, please, I didn't want my role to end. I was like, just keep going. Just keep going with it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, make sure every shot counts because once you're done with 16, that laugh is gone. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we've got another question. I think Daniel Kim, I think. He had two real quick ones. How do you rate your portrait 400? 320. 320, full bow, face me. I face it down sometimes because I've had some things where just like a shadow came in or I just did it really quick. So a lot of times I just face it down a little bit towards the ground just so I know that it's completely covered little areas in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say, and that's my film stock of choice for sure. Portrait 400. And then I use little 800 as it gets darker. I don't love the blue tones, the cyan tones in 800. It's really tough for me. My lab's like, we're doing it. I'm like, pull the cyan out. I can't do it. I can't. My green can't look blue, right. but some people kill it and make it look so good. Tech does a great job with it. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, yeah, it's something I struggle with. Uh, he also asked what aperture have you got most? Oh, good question. So this is a great question because I feel like everybody knows it's like contacts, 645, 80 millimeter, 2.0. Mm-hmm. I win the lottery. Like, it's just like this. <laughs> right. And it really... I mean, it's great. It's, I do it when I'm tighter in and stuff like that for certain portraits and stuff like that. But if you're wanting to get publication feature and stuff like that, they don't like that 2.0 all the time. Like if Martha's doing a spread and I'm shooting a tablescape and I'm trying to show the plate and the forks and that all this money that the bride spent on having Casa de Perrin, just this amazing stuff in there. And it only the plates in focus and the flowers are and stuff like that. It's just, it's hard for them to inspire brides to make the investment to get all that. And so I'll shoot 4056 for those type of settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's a family, you know, I'm shooting 40 for sure. And I'll shoot higher than that if I need to, to make sure everybody's in focus. Yeah, but I of course two O is beautiful. I just I just don't feel like you have to stick with that through the whole day. Like you know, open up your horizons to really think about what publications want to see, what people want to see, making sure people are in focus. And um, yeah, a good trick to have is if you do have two contacts and you're not shooting like black and white in one and color in the other or something like that, put one to stretch yourself. Put one at like four O or something like that and then one at your 2.0, and then just switch a little bit, and then get them the work back and go, wow, it still looks really good. Yeah, awesome.
as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This interview with Ryan doesn't end here. There is more audio on our Patreon page. Ryan shares about the story of shooting his most challenging wedding ever and how he got through it. So if you want to hear that, uh, just hop on over to patreon.com slash and you can hear that there. You can also hear the additional audio from every episode previously that we've done so far. Thanks so much as always. And this episode was edited by James Sweeting and appreciate his help on that. And we'll see you guys in two weeks.